All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Prescriber Truth Podcast right here on YouTube. I'm Jamal Bandy. Uh, thank you once again for joining me um, on this show. Let me cut this down. I'm hearing myself in feedback. All right, I'm going to cut that out. All right, thank you once again for joining me on this episode as we um, continue reviewing the interview that Dr. Eric Mason had on the Jude 3 Project. Um, I think I probably have two more installments of this to go before we're actually through it. And that's if we can make it through this one. Because there's so much um, in this that I want to address. And um, and I'm hoping that I can get through it in a timely fashion. Praying for that. <laughs> um, if you listen to this on your podcast apps, please remember to leave a rating and a review. This really helps out the show. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, um, or wherever fine podcasts, podcasts are available. If you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, please remember to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, hit that bell so you can be notified when I have new content. I greatly appreciate it. If you'd like this, um, to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or you can call in at 801-980-6333. Uh, I'm really thankful um, this past couple months, getting a lot of, I ain't looking at a lot, but a few calls on the number. Just people want to chop it up who've been encouraged by the show and um, just want to share their thoughts as well. Um, I had one person call because they disagreed with one video I had, and we actually chopped it up for a minute, um, you know, developed relationship. I was really thankful for that. So please contact me. Feel free to do so. Um, if you'd like to support the ministry, uh, just for a dollar, it's not much. Uh, you see the link in the, on the scrolling across the bottom. Um, a dollar goes a long way. With that dollar, you get 15% off um, any of our merchandise that I have. Um, you get to take part in the pre-show and the post-show of the podcast. Um, you get a shout out. That's it. Unless you want to remain anonymous, which I know some some people who are um patrons of mine they they want to remain anonymous. And then, um, what else is on there? Have have your questions answered on the show, featured on the show, whatnot. Um, something else I just added. Oh, quarterly gifts. We're working on doing quarterly gifts for all patrons, uh, even at the dollar range. So uh, please do so. I like you know, just support, and that's just my way of trying to give back. So I just really appreciate that. If not, I appreciate your prayers. Um, I don't want to um, hold the time any longer. Let's let's just jump right into this and let's see what um, what else Lisa Fields and Dr. Eric Mason has to say. So I'm trying something a little different. Those of you who've been watching the show for a while now, um, let me know what you like better. Um, I've seen um, my homie K Dub use this kind of setup where the video is kind of bigger in the back and i've seen some other people um do reviews like this um i used i had it before where i had the video and the and, and my video and then the chats on the side let me know what you like better if you've seen it if you've been following the videos let me know what you like better and whatnot i'm just trying something different this time and i'm um, seeing how that works and seeing how it's if it works good for me it works better for me and whatnot all right so let's just go into it we're gonna we start back um, a few seconds where we left off at where she where Lisa Fields brings up the um the idea that people are calling those who stand on the social justice side Marxists because they stand for justice. So that's where we left off at. So we're gonna um, begin there, just giving context as he continues, and uh, we'll go from there. Remember, you can comment your thoughts and everything else. Feel free to do so. You're welcome to, and um hopefully if I don't if I don't forget. Then at the end of this, I'll leave it open for questions if there are any. If not, then we'll just um, call it a night. All right. So here we go. It's so extreme. Um, <laughs> uh, does your book address that kind of in, in a way? 
Yes and no. I think it's a few things that we need to um, understand. When people say Marxism, I'll ask them, have you read the works of Marx or Karl Marx, or have you read them through a, a white evangelical who is interpreting what Marx said? Now, they talk about the word woke, but the idea of cultural Marxism actually comes from a guy in the 1980s. Now, I want to know if you caught that. Are you, are you understanding it from, or, it, or is your understanding of Marxism based off of somewhat white evangelical interpretation of it? It's, I hate the premise of this. It's like, we, if we can just define the terms without having to go into the race car, like, oh, is it a white person you heard? Is it, have you got to understand it from a white person or did you get it from a black person? Like, that part doesn't matter. The part that matters is, is does Marxism mean what it means? And is there a connection between what Marxism is and what is being pushed on the social justice side? That is what that is the only thing. It shouldn't matter if you heard it from a white person, black person, or A, B, and C, or if you learned about it from a white person, you learned about it from a black person. The issue is, is it true? Is the connection valid? That's all that matters. And so I, I can't I can't stand the premise. So uh, yeah, that's my little tangent there. It is that took the culture of the ideology from the twenties up to the eight, up to the seventies and coined the word cultural Marxism. As a as a racism as a race card flag, basically every time you do, do, bring racism, they, that's their card for the anti race flag, right? And so, but I don't know. I don't know if you call it because I had to listen to it a few times to really try to hear what he's trying to say. And so basically, he's saying that the term culture of Marxist in and just putting it in short came up because hey, people are saying there's racial injustice, and somebody said, you know what? I don't like the fact that people are bringing up racial injustice. So let me let me come up with something that's going to kind of like try to shut that down. So we're going to call it cultural Marxism. You know, because so, we know Marxism is dealing with e- economy, the economy, the wealth, the distribution, uh, distribution of wealth and so on and so forth. That's Marxism is dealing with that kind of stuff. So you got cultural Marxism, whereas it's not dealing with economy, but it's dealing with a whole it's dealing with the conflict between races. You know, what I'm saying so it's like, oh, we're, we're going to call that cultural Marxist. So trying to discourage that kind of stuff. That is a big claim. Big claim. But ultimately, like I said before, once you define the terms, does it stick? Does it stick? And in more than one way, yes, it does. It sticks. Cultural Marxism. Yes. For what they're pushing. Not justice, as they call it. Not just justice, but this this kind of justice that they're saying that we should be pushing for. That's, yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna spill it later. He's gonna get into it later, as far as like, hey, he really is standing for cultural Marxism. Like he really is standing for Marxism. You know what I'm saying? Like he is. You know, it's gonna show up. So, yeah. When you even when they talk about social gospel, I'm like, now have you actually read James Cone? I mean, not James Cone. That's Black Liberation. Have you ever have you read Russian Bush, like Walter Russian Bush, um, who wrote the definitive work on the social gospel, so that you can understand what he's saying and where it comes from, and what's his what's his thought on regeneration. Have you have you? This is my thing. Oh man, and this is why, like, I am, you know, guys. I'm not a big confessional guy, you know. So, like, I'm I'm not big on it. Like, I I, I affirm confessions. I affirm 
uh, catechisms and all that kind of stuff like that. But my thing is, we drive our we get our doctrine and our understanding of the world and everything else from scripture. If if we're Christian, that means scripture is sufficient for everything. For everything, it's sufficient. It's enough. You know, so we like, we could read others' works and books and have confessions and all those things to guide us and to even help us along the way. But the scriptures are what's sufficient. And so this argument that oh, we got to have read these authors and read these people before we can even know what's going on. No, no. Because if you know what, if you know, if you're defining the terms and they mean what they mean, if you and if you've read the Bible. I think that's enough. I think it's enough. Unless you're going to say Marxism isn't Marxism. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so Marxism doesn't stand for what this stands for. Then cool. Okay, now we have, some, we have a place to start at. All right, so we got to see, okay, well, what are you saying Marxism is? Because historically, what Marxism is is talking about communism. You know, so you're talking about, if you're talking about just regular Marxism, you know what I'm saying? You have the people who have and the people who don't have. And this idea that everybody should have the same. All right. So when you bring in cultural Marxism, it's dealing with the culture versus economy is dealing with the culture. Everybody should be represented equally. You know, in some sense. And so it's like, it's the same thing. But I have to read this author and that author and, and this person over here before I could even have a conversation with you about it. Then that just to me, it's just like you just don't want to have a conversation about it. That's like going to an atheist and saying, hey, before you, before I can come talk to you about the scriptures and your problems with your ideas concerning God, you, you got to read the Bible first. I'm not going to share the gospel with you. You need to read the Bible. When you, come, when you read the Bible, then we'll come and talk, then talk to me about what you don't agree with concerning God. We don't do that. We don't do that. You know what I'm saying? We engage and we share. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. But here it's like, okay, well... You call it Marxism. I'm like, well, have you read Karl Marx? No. But does Marxism mean what it means? Now, I, can, I can say, hey, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's good. It's helpful to have read some of these um, some of these authors. Maybe in dealing with those areas that we're trying to get into. But if we're defining terms and we're saying, hey, this is what's dangerous, it's because it's coming from the scriptures. Not because we've misread some author or anything like that. It's because we're looking at the scriptures. And how God defines justice is clearly laid out in scripture. That's it. How he defines justice. How he defines righteousness. Earlier in this video, I mean, in this interview, he talks about how justice and righteousness is, is tied together. And yes, it is. But according to God's standard of righteousness and his standard of justice, not our standards. That is the issue. That's always been the issue. So. Yeah, I, I find that as a cop out when they say, "Oh, we gotta have to read read these people." And you're gonna see, he's gonna say, basically, if you haven't read, if, if you haven't done this reading, then you, you know, basically, you're not worth my time. Like, to me, those are cop outs, man. And I, re I really don't like when people do that. that don't, it doesn't make any sense. Have you read uh, Gustavo Gutierrez? Have you have you have you read him? I've been adored. I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> And um, it's, it's, so have you read, you know, um, Gustavo Gutierrez, who's the father of modern day liberation theology? Have you even read James Cone, the God of the Oppressed, to see where Black liberation theology comes from? What's the culture? Even if you don't agree with the framework, you can still say, man, there's stuff in here 
that I think that's important. Have you read the cross and the lynching tree and understand what he talks about in, in, in when you begin asking those types of questions of people and they're like, no, nah, I haven't read it. So how are you throwing these terms, ethnic Gnosticism, which is, I mean, I'm just like, do, like, do y'all know where y'all getting these terms from, this development of it from? And so one of the things I really challenge people with is that's how I know it's white fragility because. Whoa. Y'all hear that, right? No, it can't be that you actually have trying to have an honest conversation. It can't be the fact that, no, you've looked at these terms. You understand what it means. Look, again, got to read a lot of books. He's, he's going he's gonna to downplay Google in a minute. But Google is sufficient to know definitions, to find out definitions of things, basic definitions of what things mean. All right, so it's sufficient enough for that. But he's going to downplay Google like ain't nobody's business. But my thing is this, if you, if, if you see, okay, what Marxism means, and he's talking about ethnic Gnosticism, uh, Gnosticism, if you don't understand what Gnosticism is, put ethnic on the front of it, you know what it has. It's this knowledge that's only applied to, to your ethnicity, this type of knowledge, you know, just only just exclusive to your ethnicity, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's talking about. And you don't have to have read all those people to even understand that. You just listen to some people talk. Listen to some people, how they carry themselves and how they talk about some things like, oh, you won't understand. You got to be black to understand that. You got to be black to have done that. A, B, and C. Like, that's where you're getting that from. That's where it comes. That's where it comes in. And so, like, no, it's like you can't have a conversation until you have read his grocery list of authors, you know. And so it's like, uh, uh, no, no, man. Like, I'm not putting people slide with that. Like, no. We don't treat, like I said this before in another video. We don't treat anything else like this. We don't. Before we start having conversations about the deity of Christ or any kind of stuff with anybody challenging on that, we don't sit there and say, well, look, I'm not going to have a conversation with you until you've done these things. Until you've read this book and read this Bible all the way through, back cover to cover and everything else, then you come talk to me. We don't do that. You know what I'm saying? We share because truth doesn't matter. Truth, I mean, not truth doesn't matter. Truth matters. And it doesn't matter where it comes from. Truth is the truth. And all God, all truth is God's truth. So, you know, and then he says, well, that's how, that's how he knows it's white fragility because they haven't read these authors. That's, man, that's, that's racist, man. Like, that's unloving. That's not helpful at all. But you're upset because people are calling, calling you Marxist because of the ideals you have. And you don't believe it. You don't want to hear it. But then you come back and be like, uh, you're 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 white. You're fragile. Oh man, I don't get that, man. That that is so that's so wrong. That's wrong, man. On so many levels. Anyway, because I'm I'm a black guy. I have a problem with that. I haven't read those authors. I mean, I haven't. I haven't read into all those people. And I and I have a problem with what you're saying. I have a problem with the, um, the ideals you have. Is that black fragility, or is it just Uncle Tom? You know what I'm saying? Like some people do. Like. That's crazy. Let's continue. Things would you uh, like to share with our audience about your book? Um, when we think about people are struggling with this term that some some white evangelicals have said, if you're so if you're into justice, you're Marxist. Um, oh, it started over on me. I'm sorry, guys. Let me um, bring it up. That I think that's important. Have you read the cross and the lynching tree? And understand what he talks about in, and when you begin asking those types of questions of people, 
And they're like, no, nah, I haven't read it. So how are you throwing these terms, ethnic Gnosticism, which is, I mean, I'm just like, do, like, do y'all know where y'all getting these terms from, this development of it from? And so, and I can say the same thing about this woke, like coming from the book, he takes, he takes the term woke and says he's redeeming it. And then he's using, trying to use Ephesians talking about a Waco sleeper and the connection is nowhere to be found. Nowhere. You know, so it, the same thing is like, do you know where you're going with this? You, you, he, he cites W.E.B. Du Bois. Like, do you know where he's going with this when he's, when he's talking about double consciousness? Do you, do you see that? And if you truly do see that, then why are you backing it? And why are you trying to put, like, add Christ to that? Versus, like, having Christ and letting that shape everything else. You know, but the, the, see, the, the standards are not the same. You know, it's a, it's a double standard across the board here. You know, we're not, use, we're not using the same standard. It's unfortunate. One of the things I really challenge people with is that's how I know it's white fragility because it doesn't come from research. It just comes from, oh, I don't want to talk about race, so let me figure out a way to find some things to throw at people to basically um, uh, mark them in that particular way. And so I really don't. That's, the, that's just dishonest. Like, that's dishonest. That is. That's just not, that's dishonest for the third time. It's white fragility. So there's no research. Why is no research? Because they didn't read those people. So they could they they had to have read those people in order to have done research. Right? That's what we're saying here. Other than that, then hey, you just you just throwing out stuff. You have nothing intelligent to say concerning the situation. You don't know anything. You're nowhere near close because you haven't read these authors. Because the research you did, obviously, ain't enough because you didn't read these people. That is bogus. That's bogus. You know what I'm saying? You still have the conversation. And then, if the terms are defined, then we can have, a, we can have an inter, a intellectual conversation about this and be done with it. And even if, even if we was to walk away feeling the same way and having the same disagreement, at least, at the very least, both sides could be represented correctly so you will no longer say that people are calling you marxist because you stand for justice like you won't say that no more because you will know how that's a straw man and it isn't true and then you have those on the other side who say that you guys are out there trying to stand for all these things that you're not trying to you know and so we'll end that straw man but you got to have the conversation to do that but it's impossible to have those conversations when you have people saying hey well, you don't know anything. You can't talk about it because you haven't read these people. Or until you do, then don't come talk to me. Like, there, I haven't had, you know, Eric, he won't say this on here, but there have been people that follow him behind this that are like that. Like, come talk to me when you read such and such, such, such. Like, and that's dishonest. That's just dishonest. Anyway. To be honest, Lisa, I don't really pay attention to people who are acting like race doesn't exist because it's a waste of time. But what I do is I partner with brothers and sisters in Christ cross ethnically who are actually committed to saying, okay, this exists, or I'm not sure this feels a particular way with me. I have some issues with. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Not willing to have the conversation with anybody that disagrees with them. That's basically it. You know, he's not going to talk to anybody who disagrees. But, it, it, hey, if you're on the fence about it, like, if you kind of like, hey, I don't know yet, you know, I'm kind of, 
I'm just question some things. I don't really know how to feel about this yet. Can you help me? You know what I'm saying? Like having that attitude. But guess what? What if a person who has that attitude comes out disagreeing with you? Will you be willing to still have the conversation? I doubt it. I doubt it. Because just what you said before that, you're not, gonna, you're not trying to have the conversation with people. And then this whole, uh, this straw man, to say that other people feel like, well, I don't, ha- I don't have this conversation with people who feel like racism doesn't exist. Like, no one says that. I haven't met it. Well, maybe it's just my own subjective circle of people that I know that just everybody knows that racism exists. Whites know it, blacks know it, everybody knows it. That's not that's not America's only sin, but it's one of the gravest ones they did. But it's not the only one. But everybody knows about it. Everybody knows racism still does exist. People are still racist. It's a hard issue. As long as there's still sin in the world before Christ comes, there's gonna be some racists. Yeah, that's just the reality of it. So anybody who says that, oh, no, racism doesn't exist and everything else, or they haven't read the scriptures. I don't know if you're talking to Christians or people who may profess to be Christian, not really are, I don't know. But every every born-again believer I know who's a Christian, who's, who's, who's against, who doesn't uh, agree with you, would not say that racism doesn't exist. They would. You know, and so, but now it seems like the only, way you, only people you have a conversation with is those who agree with you or those who are kind of on the fence about it, but who are kind of leading towards your position. Because this is what you're going to say later on. This, but can you help me through it? That's different than saying, oh, Lisa Fields, you're, you're, you're an ethnic Gnostic. That's, that's cultural Marxism. It's like, you don't even know what that means. You got that off of Google. And so- that's how you going to dis Google like that? I mean, he just straight up dis Google. Hey, man, Google, all right. Hey, hey, internet ain't the best for everything. But Google okay for some things. It's at least good enough for defining terms. I mean, you can at least pull up the, the definition, and it'll give you the source, like Merriam-Webster or something else, or Encyclopedia. Like, man, hey, don't don't just Google like that now. Google Google do do its thing. All right. Now, <laughs> you're ethnic Gnostic. Well, nobody would call you that if there was nothing in your language and what you're saying that points to ethnic Gnosticism. And I even I even butchered that word Gnosticism. And nobody would call you a cultural Marxist if your ideals weren't cultural Marxists to begin with. Like, they wouldn't do that. But see, instead of, instead of taking, step, stepping back, self-evaluating and saying, hey, why are people saying this? Look, stepping into someone else's shoes and saying, okay, you know what? There's a reason why people are saying this to me. Now, I, got, I have my yes crowd over here. I have my people over here who are... Who, who, are by, who are behind me no matter what. So they're, they're agreeing with me, but there's a reason why these people over here are not. <laughs> he said, Nathan, Nathan, Nathan said, Google is bad when they recommended his book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, real bad. <laughs> but it's like, come on, man. Oh, like, oh, man. This, this is a trip. This is a trip, y'all. So um, let me let me go. Let me let me let me continue. So um, and so I think it's very very important to understand when you talk about socialism, when you talk about justice, justice isn't socialism. Talking about equality isn't socialism. That's it. so. So look at that. So I, I love, and when I say love, I mean this sarcastically. I love how these words, these terms, are just thrown out there with no context. As to what people are saying. So, socialism. 
who says justice is socialism? Let's just let's put this in some context. Uh, a person robs another person, and they seek justice because they were robbed. No, that's socialism. You shouldn't seek justice. That's socialism. No. No. Let's be real. Let's be real. No, that's not. Nobody would call justice, fight for justice, socialism. Equality. But didn't God say that we're all made in his image after his likeness? That's reason why one one of the reasons why it's, it's wrong for us to murder another human being because we're all made in God's image. So we all have value, dignity, and worth before the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and God is, he doesn't, he doesn't show partiality. You know, he doesn't, uh, he's not, he doesn't show respect to persons and all that kind of stuff like that. So that's a sense of equality there. Um, though there are different, diff- although there are differing roles between men and women, yet we're, if we're in Christ, we're all one still, though there's still those egalitarian roles. Like, I mean, not egalitarian, complementarian roles. I mean, sorry about that. You guys know what I'm saying. But yeah, like so, there's equality there. But that's socialism. No, it's what you're defining as justice. It's what you define as far as equality, and you're finna get into it. You're about to say what's on your mind. And you're finna let everybody know that what you're teaching is socialism, and what you are pushing is cultural Marxism, and what you're pushing is ethnic Nazism. You're gonna, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it right here in this interview. You know, you're gonna do it. So there, because you're not talking about rape, you're not talking about any of that kind of stuff. You know what you're getting at. Let's let's see. Imago Day, you know, and so we're not talking about equal distribution of wealth. That's not what we're talking about, guys. Please, I want you to really, if even if you disagree with me, please just listen to this. Just listen to this. All right. So he's not talking about equal distribution of wealth. We, that's where we paused at. He said, he's not talking about equal distribution of wealth. I want you to catch this. I'm actually kind of going further than I wanted to tonight, but it's all good. Remember he said, he's not talking about equal distribution of wealth. Oh, we're talking about giving people equal opportunity to earn on the same level so that everybody... Whoa, whoa wait a minute. So we're not talking about equal distribution of wealth, but equal opportunity for everyone to earn on the same levels. So if they all, if, if everybody's earning on the same levels, we say earn means they get they're receiving something. If they're earning on the same levels, that means they're being distributed the wealth on the same level. So that means it's equal distribution of wealth on the same level. But we're not talking about equal distribution of wealth. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. Now, there's another way of explaining that, then I'm open to that. You let me know. If you disagree with that, you're like, Jamal, you're just nitpicking everything else. Comment or call me, email me. Let me know that I hear something wrong because I heard him say, and you heard him say, that he's not talking about equal distribution of wealth, but he's talking about people having equal opportunity to earn on the same levels. Earn what? Wealth. He's talking about wealth. He's not talking about earn crops or earning, you know, flowers, earning money, earning income on the same levels. If they're earning on the same levels, that means that it's equal distribution of the wealth. 
Socialism. Marxism. What else you need? <laughs> even Josiah, even Josiah's shouting now. Like, what else you need there? That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna continue, but you gotta see this. You gotta see this. I may finish this video tonight. I don't know. Like, I don't even think I was gonna get this far tonight. Well, um, let's continue. Body can build wealth equally. You can't redline black people out of neighborhoods and stop them from getting loans, and then say that that's cultural Marxism that you're asking for them to have an equal opportunity to get a loan. That's injustice. That's now, now. The, I think the very first video I did on this on this topic or this or this uh review, I told you all that he's gonna give an example of this injustice and he's going to use giving loans talking about how it is injustice you're redlining these people and you're not giving them the opportunity to get loans so everybody's not getting a loan and therefore it's a it's injustice because you're not getting you're not giving these people loans you're not giving black people loans unless you can prove there's some kind of policy or somebody's just doing the wrong a b and c do 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 you may have something there but guess what they have a right to issue loans who they want to issue them out to. And loans are issued out based on the risk. If they're not willing to take, to take the risk, they're not going to give a loan. So you just want everybody to come in and just, hey, I, I need, I need $2,000. Well, the white man came in here got $2,000. I should get $2,000 too. Well, wait a minute. You, sir, who are saying that the white man got $2,000 and you want that same $2,000. Do you make the same amount of money that he makes a month? gross or net do you make the same amount of money how much debt are you currently in right now i mean like how much debt is it or do you pay your bills on time how behind are you what's your credit score looking like what's all that work okay how much is your rent or if you, if you got a house how much is your mortgage all of this is taken into account when you're trying to get a loan they're not just going to give you money just because you come asking for it you won't give no Dr. Mason, people the like the, who agree with him with this rhetoric that it's injustice that you don't get loans. You tell me that you just give money to anybody who just come ask for it. You you tell me you do that. Equally. Stranger or not, family or not, whatever case may be, they come and you ask for money, you give it to them. Don't yeah. You, know, you ain't worried about you ain't worried about they're gonna pay you back. If they if they say they're gonna pay you back or not, whatever case may be, do you do it? I ain't talking about trying to give to the poor, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the homie on the street who needs who trying to get some cash. You know what I'm saying? Do you give to him? No questions asked. Just like you would give to the family member, no question asked. Do you do do you treat them the same way you treat everybody else? There's differences. You do it. We all do it. It's and then that when it comes to loans, it's a business. They have to be able to, they have to protect their their profit. They have to. So no, I don't see that as an injustice, the fact that everybody don't get a loan. And then I, I mentioned this in another video. My credit. My credit wasn't all that good. My credit is a lot better now than it was. But my credit wasn't all that good. And I still was able to get a loan. I'm a black man. Oh, because I'm light-skinned. That's what it is. I'm not as dark. Maybe that Maybe that it is. Maybe it's the fact that I'm just, I'm light-skinned, and therefore I pass. I don't know. But I was able to get a loan. Not for a lot. What I wanted, I did. I couldn't get. So I couldn't get on the same level as somebody else. You know what I'm saying? I think I, I asked for like maybe like a, a 1200 and they was, only, they was only offering to give me 500 Shoot, that's that's not gonna cover what I needed it for. Needless to say, I didn't get the loan because it wasn't gonna help me with nothing. So it's like, 
Is that a, was that an injustice because I couldn't get the twelve hundred dollar? No, my credit was bad, and I wasn't paying, and I had a bad history of paying my bills on uh not on time. So I mean, that was that. But then when I started to improve all those things, I paid my bills on time, making better decisions, getting my debts cleared out, everything else. Oh, now they throwing me money. I mean, I get offers in the mail. People just trying to get me to get another credit card. Like, no, I'm tired of being in debt. Get out of the way. I don't want you. You know, like, that's what, that's what you got to do. You know, that's what I mean. Come on, man. That's not an injustice. That's just business. Come on, man. That's what James and that's what Proverbs calls partiality, which we get. Uh, that's where we pull the principle of racism from. The word does. The Bible doesn't use the word racism. It uses the word partiality, which racism is a form of partiality, which also is injustice. So, right. You know what? I'm gonna end there because you know what? That's the only thing. That's the only thing I think out of all these series that I agree with him on. Back, remember. Probably some other stuff too. I probably some small stuff, but yeah, racism, the injustice, partiality, it's a sin. Racism is a form of it. I get it. I'm with it. Yep, I agree there. But he used that in connection to his idea that people aren't getting loans because of the color of their skin. That's where the issue is. Anyway, I'm. I'm. We're gonna stop there. I don't even know how long I went into this. I lost track of time, as usual. Um, <laughs> there's still like, we got like eight minutes left in this video, so I'm I'm guessing um, next program we'll finish it up, be through with it, because the rest of it is going to be kind of closing it out and then advertising the book, which we're not going to um, listen to the rest of that as far as advertising the book. Um, I recommend that you don't go buy the book. Um, you know, don't don't do it. You know. It's not it's not worth it. Uh for those those who say it is, it's because they're just in, they're behind him so much they can't see the wrong. And but yet they're quick to try to point out the wrong in others. You know, that's anywho, I just see a lot of inconsistencies here. Well, I hope this was helpful. Let me get back on the regular screen. I hope this was helpful. Please leave your comments below for any thoughts that you may have, your disagreements and so on and so forth. Please don't troll. If you troll, I'm not I'm not gonna put it on. I'm not gonna let it be up. I'm just gonna take it off. Don't troll. Don't do that. Don't do that. We can have a meaningful conversation in the comments too. And if we can't we can't do it there, you're welcome to call the number or you can email me, subscribe.truth at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already. Um remember. That's right, Josiah. In this world that's full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. Prescribe truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant We undeserve it, but Christ changed our mind frame In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth <laughs>